Hi, this is Joe Peters of Coldwell Banker. I'm about to interview Mark Salek, S-A-L-U-K, who's the Director of Economic Development for Hunter and County. Joe Peters here from Coldwell Banker. Mark, why don't you introduce yourself a little about your background? Sure. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Mark Salek. I am the Director for Hunter and County Economic Development and uh, been here for about four and a half years doing this job. There was no economic development effort prior to my arrival, but with the um, help of the towns and the county, of course, and, and the businesses, we've put together a nice, robust program. And I'm happy to say that uh, um, uh, it really probably paid off a lot this year since everybody's now so used to collaborating together. So uh, it's been, um, been a great four and a half years, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what Hunter can do next, Joe. Well, it's quite, quite amazing that four and a half years went by since we first met. So I guess we all had high hopes. I mean, in real estate, if January, February were your first two dates, you thought you were getting married this year and then along came March. Uh, I would imagine your business had a similar effect. Uh, why don't you just walk us through what you had planned and what happened? Sure. Uh, like many people and many businesses this year, the plans sort of went out the window to a large extent. And a lot of this year has been adapting to, okay, what can we do now? What's feasible to do now? You know, what makes sense to do now? And for me, it's like, what's politically possible to do now? So there was a lot of adjustment. Um, there were certain things that were already going on that did move forward anyway, and we can get to those, but there's a number of things that, um, that really did have to pivot. One of them being that we were supposed to launch this year, the Hunterdon County Tourism Partnership. Um, we had talked about that partnership last year, that it was being formed, that it was gonna launch in 2020, that uh, you know we, we it was press releases on what we were gonna focus on and who was involved. And of course, once COVID uh, put its grip on the nation earlier this year, not only did tourism drop from priority, but people moving back and forth was something that became less feasible and less um, of interest to most communities across the nation. So um, obviously that dropped completely. But even there, there was some wiggle room for adjustment, you know, to give an example of what you were talking about. So one subcomponent of the tourism plan this year was going to be to highlight our uh, agritourism assets here in Hunterdon County are farm stands and farmers markets and beautiful vineyards and things like that. Um, you know, and so that is a strength of Hunterdon County. And obviously it's going to be a part of any tourism push. But what happened was that one we retooled and we did launch. We dropped some of the tourism components from the initiative. Like for example, on the website, we no longer had accommodations on there. Um, there are certain other components that we dropped to, and we scaled back what was going to be in the initiative, and then we scaled back how we marketed it. So about June, May, June, we started marketing it internally to our population saying, hey, the season's in, you can get out and have some safe fun in your own backyard. And that was basically the theme is rediscover your own backyard Right. Out, you know, in Hunterdon County and enjoy these wonderful Hunterdon assets right here at home in a safe environment without throngs of crowds. And it was very well received because people were needing to get out at that point. And they also were trying to avoid busy grocery stores. So they liked the idea of going out and buying most of their food at farm stands and farms. Yep. 
Um, and there weren't a lot of things to do. So going to vineyards and things like that provided entertainment options. So that's just a piece of it. So tourism initiative as a whole drop. We didn't announce to the world, come to Hunter and experience everything. But instead, we took an aspect of the tourism initiative, and we packaged it in a COVID friendly way, and we market it internally instead. So that's just one example of how we were able to take something we walked in the year with and still manage to have an application in what turned out to be a very different time. Well, so I talked to Brad Fay a couple of weeks back who runs the Central New Jersey Tourism. I don't know if you've met Brad. Um, I think I have once. Yeah, he's he really has a good grasp on it from a marketing viewpoint. And um, I guess he's got this whole Sourlands project going on, which is a whole area. And if you look at his site, it's uh, it's very it's it's somewhat interesting that we don't understand what all the wealth we've got right here as far as things to do. And secondly, he he marketed it just through Facebook as a staycation for Somerset County, and he got like thirty five thousand hits. Um, yeah. And he, so he took it another level and he took it into the fall. And now he's looking at the fall travel things. And I got to admit, we're at the same level. It's um, my business real estate is busy if you can find listings to list, but there's not a lot of listings coming on right now. And so I've got some Sundays available to me. And we said, well, let's go do something. So like last Sunday, we took a tour down to a farmstead in uh, uh, just north of I-95, uh, south of Princeton. And we saw the cows, we saw the goats, we bought some cheese, and, and then we walked around Princeton for a couple hours to had an ice cream. It was a nice day out. You got to do it. You got to yeah. get the bones moving. So. Absolutely. And promoting the things that are really hunting specific strengths right. is, you know, really fit well with this year because of what you said. So, for example, in, in connection with the 579 trail launching, we also launched the 100 and Main Streets initiative because of what you just said. Those things go together. We yep. have beautiful Main Streets throughout 100 and whether you're talking Frenchtown, Lambertville, Clinton, and so on. And it's another family-friendly, safe, in your backyard, 100 and option for our residents. And as you just said, it goes hand in hand. You can go to Bobolink Dairy, then you drop by Benaducci Vineyards, and you go walk around Frenchtown, see the river. They all go hand in hand. So that initiative was launched maybe a two months at the most after the 579 trail initiative. And, you know, that's a lot of the way we went through the year. Again, a lot of things did continue on. But, you know, we did want to make sure we were doing, playing our role, promoting the businesses that make up some of those key industries uh, in Hunterdon, making and, and simultaneously making sure people had something to do. Uh, and uh, so far... So good on those fronts. Uh, obviously, um, uh, things could be better, but overall, I think Hunterdon has fared well throughout this. I think back from my days, I did 2016. I did the leadership program. I got to visit all the different parts of the town and the part in the course of a year to county, I should say. And the farming was one of the ones that stuck out the most. Like, wow, this is all right here. I mean, 25% of our our acreage is farmland and, and about 25% is farmland preserves so it will never come out of it. It's amazing how much we have right here and people don't realize it. Yeah. And people can expect to see us build on this. So, you know, we've really deepened our relations, our relationship with the agricultural community um, and the um, artisan food and beverage community throughout this 579 trail initiative. And 
we're really starting to have deep, long conversations with these folks about where the industry can go here in Hunterdon County. Can we have commercial kitchens? You know, can we have incubators for some of these um, up and coming vendors? Can the industry be better connected, better marketed? Um, so I think what the public's going to see is us in the future, beginning next year, to really start to build on this sort of step one foundation and see if we can't make this agritourism and agriculture, agribusiness uh, aspect of the economy even bigger as we move forward. And, and I think the nice thing about that is that's the kind of economic development that almost every one of our towns and every one of our citizens can get on board with. Obviously, nobody wants me here talking about 500,000 square foot distribution centers, and we're not going to be, right. but everybody can get on board with this kind of economic growth. Uh, so it's it's perfect for us. It's perfect for the times, and it's really perfect for the environment here, as most folks know. So it sounds like 2020, the year from hell, has been a um, find what we can do for the year year and get through it. And I think what you just described is great effort. I, as a matter of fact, I've been saying I go to uh, you. You probably know Rob, uh, the builder. What's Rob's last name? Ortera. Oh, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. his wife cuts my hair. And they're in the, in the little development right past the airport in uh, Pittstown there. Um, and uh, every time I go there, I go past Bodavinci. I said, I've never gone in there. We just got to go do that. I don't drink, but I'd love to see it. You know? That's right. That's right. You know, a lot of times I just drive around, even after, even in my fifth year here now, I still kind of just drive around and just go into places just for the heck of it. We've got so many charming places. It's amazing. Yeah. And one of the things that I think this, these initiatives are helping with is, you know, you and I live in, this, in the Clinton area. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I talk to um, people in Clinton and I talk about Frenchtown and they're like, gosh, I need to go to French. And I haven't been there in 12 years. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? It's just right down the road. You know, I think people are kind of starting to wake up to that. You know, right. there are a lot of things to explore here. And, you know, if you don't want to go into New York, you don't want to go into Philly, well, heck, explore our towns, even if you're a hundred resident, you know, tourism, internal tourism, tourism in place has got to be something right. we do, so. No, get in the car and drive around. I know um, when he was running last time um, for governor, and I'm, I'm at a loss for his name right now, he was saying that they had done a study that said people from north of 78 really didn't do anything in Atlantic City with the casinos. They either went to New York or... So 78 sort of been a natural division point for yep. um, Hunterdon County. And I think even with the Ys, because when I, I went for the leadership, I went and visited some of the Ys and there's a 55 plus Y up in uh, right before you get to uh, the crossroads in... Um, you're coming through Highbridge, heading towards Califon, and there's this Exxon station. There's a Y right there. It's an amazing facility. And I yeah. said, well, why don't why do we have two of these? We have one in Flemington. And the woman said, well, the people in Flemington won't come here, and the people here won't go to Flemington. We're like it's, a tale of two two cities. <laughs> it's it's startling. It really is. But I, again, I think that's a behavior that is changing this year because people are looking for things closer. And yeah. that actually is a nice point to talk about another thing going on this year. I, th I think there's a tendency to think of 2020 is all doom and gloom from an economic point of view. And there certainly is a lot of that, but it's not cutting as wide as people think. So if we look at the local economy, 
And as we were talking about before the show started, it's going to be a long time before we've got a hard numbers on what's actually going on this year. But in the meantime, we do have a lot of anecdotal information. And the agribusiness and agritourism industry is doing quite well. The farm stands and the farmers markets, for example, they are all packed. And, and the farms that provide them are, are um, some of them are reporting exceptional years. Uh, outside of that, manufacturing in Hunterdon and statewide is doing phenomenal in some cases. There are several manufacturers locally and many across the state. And I just got off a, a call with the state where they confirmed this, that are reporting record production levels because people are still consuming. They're just ordering in a different way. Right. Uh, if anything, they might be buying more. So the manufacturing is doing well on top of that. So there's already two sectors that are doing quite well there. Meanwhile, sectors like tech have adapted very well to working from home. They're not doing poorly by any means. Uh, life and bio are on an uptick. Now we don't have a ton of that here, but the ones that are here have reported some success. So you've got deep pain being felt in several sectors, no doubt, you know, and of course people most familiar with restaurant and retail, and that's been tough, particularly restaurants. And gosh, I don't know how some of these folks are gonna be able to deal with the winter, but the fact is that the, the damage isn't quite universal. And even on the retail and restaurant front, we have a lot less doors shutting here than in other places. I've talked to several borough mayors today that reported that still not one of their shops has um, closed yet. So I really don't want to minimize the pain being felt across Main Street, though, in other areas, because it is significant. But as a whole, there, is, there are some positives in Hunterdon, uh, certainly compared to the state in the nation. And I think we are positioned well to capitalize on whatever, it, whatever the post-pandemic rebound looks like. So there's at least some good news for folks listening. Well, and we, we were saying up front, maybe in the March, April, May, June timeframe, the first half of the last five, nine months, that why, why do we have to shut the whole state down when our county's not doing so bad? But the answer came out of Somerset County, and I do a lot of business over there as well. And they're saying it's because everybody gets in a car and drives five counties over each morning. We're a very mobile state. So yeah, and small. Yeah. So we, like a lot of our workforce comes from Pennsylvania, a lot of our workforce in Huntington County goes into Somerset or to the east. And uh, to some extent that has stopped, but to the other extent, if you were going that far for a, um, a job in a service industry, you're probably still going over there. Um, what um, Jim Hughes was saying is, as you think about it, he had a very technical term for it, but the skilled professionals that worked in New York probably had free people that supported them. They were bus drivers, truck drivers, food cart operators. Well, they're not going to New York anymore. And New no. York now has those free people not working. Right. So it's, we don't have that same. It's, it's an interesting proportion that we have the skilled workers working from home and we have the people who have to go to work. There are plenty of places to go with a few exceptions that have gone out of business or will. Um, we're, we're, they may not be working as many hours as they are, but with the uh, unemployment assistance, it hasn't been too bad in Hunterdon County, I don't believe. No, it, again, relatively. Obviously, it's still been an upheaval, upheaval for a lot of folks, but in a relative sense, it, it has not been. 
Um, what we would like to see on the workforce front, since you brought that up, is there's a few things that the state could do to help even further. So if we think about those manufacturers that have been expanding, they've been hiring. And it's already been difficult to hire for that segment of the workforce in Hunterdon County traditionally anyway, especially because we don't have public transportation and other similar concerns. Uh, but there's also, because manufacturing is not a massive segment of the economy, there's not a ton of trained manufacturing workers out there. So it's even been harder now as these companies have gone out to hire. However, there is a big amount of dislocated workers from industries that are suffering. So what they've done instead of is um, the manufacturers have started to hire maybe some of these retail workers that have been let go. Right. Uh, on that front, Joe, you know, things the state could do, for example, the state should be and hopefully will be um, putting workforce training programs in place for um, some of these industries and more importantly, just doing workforce training reimbursement, you know, because some of our expanding manufacturers would be happy to hire someone that was working at ShopRite if they aren't working there anymore. But it costs a lot of money to train folks. Yep. So all this stimulus money that's been going out from the state and the rest of these grants, we really need to start putting that money into training as well. And then, then we'll then I'll even then a lot of the people that uh, were unfortunate enough to get laid out, even those people can start to uh, be on the upswing as well. And that'll further cement the way Hunterdon's recovering from things. So one of the things that and, and it's always worked this way. I was, I was in the retail industry and we used to build distribution centers outside of the city, even though the retail buying offices were typically in the city. Um, and uh, Jamesburg area down like exit seven on the turnpike, there's all sorts of like, if you go in there, you're gonna find distribution centers for just about every major retail, including Brooks Brothers, that was one of our divisions. And what they would literally do would be van people from the New York City area down. They would provide the transportation sure. to get people down and back because there was no people down. So they built distribution yep. centers in areas where there were no people. They had to bring the people in. And I would think that's something, 108 counties always had the transportation problem. I mean, there's infrastructure issues here. It's typically in internet and, and transportation. Um, that, yep. you know, getting people to work here, but we've always been like a $20 economy. We really don't have many jobs above that level unless you get into a skilled professional and you're probably working for somebody to the East anyway because they pay more. So it's, it's a circular problem. We, it, it, it can be, it can be, but I think a lot of that has been changing the last few years and that trend is probably really accelerating. We're gonna find out right now with the folks that are moving out this way. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I know we, we definitely started getting indication from, you know, pre-census that, and, and Jim Hughes actually led a study that showed this, that the population decline in Hunterdon finally stopped in right. 16 and 18. And we started to feel it was starting to go on the upswing. Well, there's no doubt anymore. It's on the upswing now. So it will be very interesting to see what the numbers end up uh, showing in the next couple of years, but it's been a diverse group coming out this way also. So, are we ever going to be able to, you know, really labor-wise be able to fully accommodate, let's say, a new manufacturer coming in that needs 500 people? It's probably not our thing, but uh, there's a lot of different industries that we can support well, and 
um, the trend in terms of folks moving here and staying here is, is going to continue to prove that out, I think. Uh, so well, I, I think you're right. Here. I think it changes a lot of things. I was reluctant to bring it up on the mayor's call around about three or four weeks ago because I was new to that group. But we're not a bedroom community anymore. We're a live, work, play, learn community. And that means a lot to the economy. We have different needs. And we have different requirements when people come in to buy a house. Their shopping list is nothing like it was six months ago. They need a place for mom, a place for dad, a place for each of the kids, and a place to work, play, and the backyard swimming pools we couldn't give away when they're coming at a premium six months later. So we're yeah. totally different in our thought process. And, and some of the towns are beginning to uh, sort of try to get ahead of the curve on this thing. You know, we have been working with communities even before COVID to have them start looking at their home-based business-related ordinances or anything that might affect a home-based business. And they did start to heed that. Of course, now that so many businesses are headed that way, they're looking at it even further because if people are running out this way to live, it would be nice to be able to attract a CEO of a tech company, for example, that is going to base his business in his home. If that guy or a law firm or anything like that, if that guy can now hang a sign outside because the ordinance allows it, or he can have an extra parking space because the ordinance allows it, or anything else he needs to do to base his business at home, it's going to make it that much more likely that he'll do so. So really, because of the changing nature of the workplace uh, at this point, Residential attraction is is almost the same as business attraction, right. and towns are starting to understand this because let them Joe, tech may never go back to the office. Right. Ever. So if you want tech companies based here, they're going to be based in your neighbor's house. <laughs> well, and I'll give you a great example. There's there's two guys that live in my development that work for AT and T in um, Basking Ridge. They're never going back to Basking Ridge. That's 22 miles much less Jersey City, New York City. So we have people that we're not going to commute anymore. And think of the change on the ecology and expense ratios. You don't need a new car every three years. You're not blowing mm -hmm. smoke out of your pipe for 40 miles each way each day. You don't have traffic. We need um, restaurants that can serve them lunch. We, we need other things like the, Jim Hughes said, the guy that got hurt the most was the dry cleaner because nobody's wore a suit in eight months. Oh, terrible, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I told that to Kenny, the guy I go to down in the shopping mall at Payne Road. And he says, oh, you know, you understand. So our whole lifestyle has changed and will it change back? We don't think so. It will change somewhat back, but it's never gonna go back to where it was. We'll meld what works out of the both. And I think you're going to find more. I've worked out of my house now for 25 years. And in real estate, it's easy. But I was in technology before that. Still worked out of my house because I was on, I got on a plane. I went somewhere. I didn't need an office. Um, yep. we're, now, we're now exacerbating it because of what has happened. And I think you take a local town like Clinton, you're going to see the doors blow off these places in Clinton because these people need stuff during the day. If nothing else, it was the old, why did we need borders and, and um, stores like that? So when people started working from home in the 90s, they needed a social outlet each day. So they'd go for the cup of coffee for an hour and take their computer and they could work from there. So yeah. I think there's tremendous opportunity here for 
rethinking things because we're, we are not a bedroom community and the shopping list that they're looking for is different. They don't want open spaces. They have compartmentalized houses. What I'll tell you, uh, in speaking to what you're saying, interest in doing projects in Hunterdon has not diminished this year. We get more calls than we ever have. Now, there is a fundamental mismatch that's a problem in, in, in that what the communities want in terms of projects and what the citizens want isn't necessarily matching up well with the things that people want to do here because a lot of those calls are for wanting to put warehouse and distribution centers in. But right. there's a lot of other calls too, but we're not going to see office buildings going up um, you know, anytime soon. We're not going to see um, new restaurant retail strip centers or anything like that going up soon. And that's fine because we've got plenty of space we can continue to fill. Um, but we might start seeing some light manufacturing, small component manufacturing, where we could see flex space and, and storage. And um, there might be a warehouse here and there, uh, and, but most of the communities will hold the line against a distribution center. So, you know, the, to what you're saying, there, there people are not thinking of us as a dead area. Developers, businesses uh, are wanting to invest in Hunterdon. And by the way, that includes existing businesses that are already here that right. are looking your spaces to move into. So I'm looking at the housing report of Somerset County, which just passed by four units year to date last year at the end of October. Hunterdon County has passed last year by 300 units. It doesn't matter where you live anymore. And That's what's right. happening is people can't find anything in Somerset. So they're coming a little further. That's always been my business model. Find them in Somerset, bring them in Hunterdon. And, uh, we're, we're sitting right now with 41% less inventory than we had this time last year as the end of October. And in that same wow. month, we did 70% more sales. So we're wow. selling off the branch we're sitting on. Eventually, there's going to be nothing to sell. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you would think that the response will end up being that people will start building homes out here again. We're going to um, change the zoning rules first. They, they, yeah, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that will impact various various decisions or ability to be able to do that. And uh, you're the expert on that front. I mean, I'm, my office yep. largely is on commercial, not homes, but whether you're building homes or anything else or commercial construction in Hunterdon can be like threading a needle sometimes. So yeah, you're right. The need yep. might be there, but it might not be addressed right away. That would be my guess. Well, I, I, did, I was doing a talk in Warren and Carol Bianchi, who then was the mayor of uh, Basking Ridge, or I guess it's actually called uh, Bernard's Township. And she says, so why, where is this problem coming from? I said, because our zoning laws are 20 years of, at least old. We, we have, you got to build 3,600 foot on a one acre lot out there. Here it's three acres. And nobody wants 3,600 foot on a one acre lot or very few people. And it's killing the other housing market. But what we do want are three or $400,000 single family in the free market. And we have nothing to sell. I live in Beaverbrook. You live in Beaverbrook. These units were all built between 85 and 2005. And we haven't built another thing that looks like it since. Yeah. And the units are, are trading the day they come on a market with multiple offers because yeah. there's just so little inventory. But let's get back to the commercial aspect. What, considering it doesn't get any worse, and we're all hoping that's the case, what do you see for the next six to 12 months? Um, well, first of all, certain, certain industries just have to survive the winter, right? I think we yeah. all know that. 
Um, Restaurants with the cold weather, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And so everybody listening, support your favorite restaurant without a doubt. Uh, Anyone that gets through the year may stay, through the winter may stay in a chance, but it will be a tough winter for folks that maybe their system doesn't lend itself to delivery as much or catering or anything like that. So um, some industries will be tough, but based, you know, referring back to what I said earlier in terms of the other industries that are thriving, they will probably just follow their normal pattern, if not an accelerated one throughout the winter time. I don't think anything's changing in the manufacturing sector. You know, agribusiness, agritourism, they'll have their normal winter that they normally have. If anything, again, probably they'll be encouraged to do a few more winter type markets uh, and items like that to get through or events. Um, so I think that more or less we'll have a similar pattern that we've seen in previous winters and we'll have isolated restaurant retail and services, you know, will continue to struggle to a certain extent. Meanwhile, though, we will continue to be setting the stage for what happens next year. So we talked about some of those things already, but our towns are really making a move to do that. Joe, I've talked to you about this before on your radio show that um, a lot of our towns are using grants from the Economic Development Office to really look at streamlining their ordinances and their processes and their procedures so as to make themselves more attractive to development. That trend started here three years ago and has continued. We gave out six grants to towns just this year. Milford looking to streamline their procedure, also to expand their um, business district. Even um, rural townships like Franklin received an Economic Development Grant and we're looking at how they can encourage more investment locally. And they also took a serious look at those home-based business ordinances that we talked about. Uh, so towns across Hunterdon are doing what they can to, again, we talked about earlier, to really set the stage to be able to capitalize on a post-pandemic recovery because people are moving here. Business owners are moving here. This is now a high demand place. And as that is happening, towns are getting easier to do business. It is getting easier to establish a business here. Combined with the state now finally looking like they're gonna have an incentives program in place next year for for small business. Uh, We might really be positioned well to see a big upswing on starts, not housing starts necessarily maybe, but business starts and business expansions next year. So we've got a, a confluence of events right now that could really speak well. And you see it start to merge into how we roll out activities. So you look at that 100 in Main Streets website that we rolled out, designed to get people in the habit of shopping on their Main Streets again. Well, on that same website, we have a property locator just designed to showcase available storefronts on our Main Streets. We figure we got all these new eyes on our Main Streets. A lot of these yep. are African business owners moving out this way. They might as well know that you can start a business in one of these main streets too, and here's where you can do it. So this idea, so we're really starting to get a merger of these things. And I feel that even if nothing else changes, we do have a good base for really accelerated investment in Hunter and going forward, which will mean more opportunities. Well, and, and one of the most exciting things, I had Jack Cust on last Friday and we talked about his project being approved and he's taken 24 to 30 months to completion right now. Uh, he didn't have a good handle on how many people it would employ through construction and then final whatever, but it's, it's sizable. And if nothing else, it's gonna be a reason to come to Flemington again. And a reason to come to Flemington again should make everything in Flemington's value go up. 
and just think of, of what that all that extra foot traffic is going to mean to those merchants. And just think about the domino effect, especially because Flemington is an opportunity zone right. in terms of investment in other parts of the borough. And then you look at other towns, the AMP project in Clinton that's now going, there's now been, a, there's now been as you know, a mixed use project approved there. That's a lot of extra disposable income dollars that are now going to be available for Clinton merchants. Uh, right. So that's another positive indicator moving forward. It's almost like if you sit still long enough, it all comes back. And I, I think we were in the 90s. I moved here in uh, 98. So I've been here 22 years. I was at the tail end of the move west. And you came because you relocated. But we just wanted to be closer to nature. And uh, Marilyn had to drive to Rutgers. And that wasn't so bad for me. I just drove to North Airport each week. But we've never looked back. And even though now... My business is somewhat in Somerset County and Somerset County has some, there's no, no compunction in our minds to move to the, to the East anymore. Once you're here, you're not leaving. So it's sort of an entrapping environment because it's really great. <laughs> it really is. I've actually had some opportunity to leave Joe and I, I don't even think about it. I, I like it here right. and you're right. And then the growing and the growing economic development, people always think of actual physical development, but economic development is growing the economy. And what you said, growing the economy can be, can be done in conjunction with preserving the environment as well. Hunterdon can have its cake and eat it too. This can be, the economy can thrive with, and we can still have all the natural environmental assets that make Hunterdon what it is. That's what's making it so attractive to people. You know, and a lot of these industries can thrive without taking away from that at all. And as just one brief example of how we're all working to make that happen, um, I am part of a steering committee for the Highlands Coalition. And the Highlands, of course, um, really dominates development-wise the northern part of Hunterdon County and touches in a lot of other counties. But even myself and other economic development directors are working with the Highlands right now on an economic sustainability study that will basically really start to target industries that make sense for growth within the Highlands region. So even the Highlands, even, even though they're basically a resource preservation organization, right. understands the value of economic development, developing economy in their backyard. So this is a growing understanding that we can have both beautiful environment, thriving economy, and Hunterdon can really continue to be what it's always been. Well, from your lips to God's ears, I hope most of this can happen. I, and, and I truly think it can because I've been here long enough to watch what's going on and understand what's going on for the leadership's programs. And it's a beautiful place to live. It's a great place to work. We just need to make it so that the people can work here, stay here, because they really don't. They can go to Colorado, they can go to Florida. And uh, I just read a, a big uh, New York um, company, equities companies moving a $55 billion company down to, to West Palm. It's like, you don't, you can be anywhere you want when you're at that level in business. And I think Hunterdon County has a lot to offer. What's, what's happening with the old Merck site? I mean, it was not like 115 people there the last time we talked. Has that built up any? Nothing's changed there. Uh, more or less, uh, Unicom is using it as offices for their C-suite executives. And they've got a lot of, of, um, aspects of what they do based there, but they're still the only tenants in that facility. Um, and uh, they do still have plans to add more 
of Unicom into that building. And they are entertaining a lot of other potential projects that could occur on that site. They're working with the county. They're working with Reddington. But it's a slow roll. Yep. And what they said it was going to be. Uh, and so um, I wouldn't, there could be news tomorrow. There could be news, news a couple of years from now. Uh, they're going to move at the pace that makes sense for Unicom. And ultimately that's going to make whatever works for Unicom is going to work best for hundred in any way. Cause we want them to do well. Right. It's interesting because one of the things Jim Hughes said is we used to, and you touched on it before, we used to build the business around where the CEO lives and that doesn't work anymore. He said, you're building the bound of business where the workers are. And yes. that's what we've got now. We've got workers out here. We just need to get the CEOs to follow them and build a business here. Yeah, yeah, right. And Unicom, they, I mean, they, they are going to draw from, their labor shed is going to draw from a pretty wide area. And since uh, they're a technology company in New Jersey has the highest concentration of STEM workers in the world, they're going to be just fine. So they did make a good decision from a labor point of view. And uh, I don't think their CEO is going to live here anytime soon, like you yeah. said. Uh, they can still thrive. Well, great, Mark. It was good catching up with you. I'll, I'll give you another call in about six months and we'll, we'll do a second edition of it. So thanks for tuning in. Anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention? Just one last thing. You mentioned uh, the, the beautiful, uh, unique nature of value of living in Hunterdon County, but you forgot the best part, which is we're perfectly split between the two markets. So we've got Eagles fans on the south side and Giants fans on the side and we can all argue until the end of the day every weekend <laughs> my son lives in south jersey and i think i told you the story he says everybody's got an eagle blow-up thing on their lawn he's the only giants fan in town so <laughs> it's a challenge it's a challenge but every year um yeah, look what happened to the eagles quarterback he went to chicago and he's not a starting quarterback falls yeah i mean that's amazing yeah well in the meantime though it's kind of fun to have a split county because you always didn't have a fun argument on your hand to distract yourself from everything else going on in 2020. <laughs> you got it. Wow what a ton of information. I talk with Mark on a regular basis but it's always good to get his undivided attention and every time I do I find out an awful lot about what's going on in Hunterdon County. And once again this is Joe Peters of Coldwell Banker. I can be reached at 908-238-0118 or my website, jpeters.com. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker Sales Associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. 
To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.